Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about sharing the knowledge I have gained on my journey so far training my horses. Now I don't do complicated, so all the information that I share, I hope you will find is easy to understand and gives you ideas and things that you can try at home in your own training. If you have any questions about what we talk about, you are always more than welcome to send in any questions you have. Also, if you're happy to, I would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. You can tag us and let us know what you think of this episode and you can find us at Decomplicating Dressage on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, if you're happy to, I would love for you to leave a review as this seems to be the best way to boost a podcast and for people to be able to see it more and then people hopefully will be able to learn from it too. So welcome to our first troubleshooting slash problem solving episode. I am yet to come up with a clever name but hopefully by the time this goes live, someone will have hopefully come up with one because currently my creativity isn't great. So I'm relying on you guys to come up with a clever name. If you come up with one for like as an idea, then please do let me know because I'm a bit stumped as of what to call it. But let me tell you a bit about what I want this series to be about. We're going to do these once a month and we're going to take three or four problems and look at how to solve them. We're going to look at things you can try and I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences dealing with similar problems. Now, if I feel like the problems are things that either I haven't really had a lot of experience with or if I know someone that will be able to explain it far better than me, then we might be having some guests on to help us out too. So 
this is kind of where I need you guys. If you have a problem or a training issue or a mindset issue or any kind of issue that you want some advice on, then send it in. My hope is that we will have enough issues to be able to have a couple of different problems on the same topic. If you have a problem that you are happy to share, then send in your story to info at decomplicatingdressage.com or you can send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. You can totally choose to have these um, anonymous if you would like them to be, that's totally fine. Um, But if you want your name shared, then obviously you can have your name shared too. For this week though, I have employed my lovely Instagram followers who have sent in the kind of first problems for this kind of pilot first episode idea. So thank you to everyone who did send in their problems. I am hugely grateful. Um, It was on a bit of a whim, this idea. Um, I'm having it today and that's Thursday and I am recording it this morning, which is a Friday. So it's all been a bit of a whirlwind, bit of a blur, but thank you to everyone who did super quickly send me in some problems so we can give this idea a go. Now, I don't know if this is just complete coincidence or what, but there was a lot of problems around the contact. Or I thought that is, to be fair, a pretty good topic to look at. And we've got quite a few questions um, on a kind of range of different issues with the contact. So this is going to be quite a good one to listen to no matter whether you have a horse that's great in the contact or if you are having issues with it currently so I think we just let's just get straight into it let's listen to the first problem okay let me find the first question so it says hi Jess I've written out my problem underneath here. It's been so helpful to actually write it down because it's been really getting to me. So I found the whole process of actually writing down my problem really cathartic. So thank you for that. Anyway, the contact is something I've really struggled with, with my boy for years. I bought him as a two-year-old and he is now seven and training medium. My main issue is that he just does not want to accept the contact. I feel like I have nothing in my hand at all. I have had his back, teeth and saddle checked and all are absolutely fine. Actually, they're all great. So I'm now wondering if it is something I am doing. My instructor has said that my hands can be quite wobbly, but I don't know if this can affect the contact this much. Do you have any tips or ideas? I've managed to scrape through prelim to elementary with him not in my hand, but now I'm trying to teach him the half passes. It is really becoming a problem. Thank you for doing this. I think it will be so helpful to hear how you deal with individual problems. And I know it would make me feel better to know other people struggle and that I'm not alone struggling with things like my contact. Okay, so firstly, thank you, Jane. Her name is Jane. I can't remember if I said that, Um, but her name is Jane. So thank you so much for sending in your question. And you were the first person that actually wrote in too. So thank you for that. I really hope, firstly, that this whole idea of kind of going through different people's problems does also help people to feel like they they're not alone in these problems. Like they are such common problems that we all go through and we all have. So 
firstly please don't ever feel alone in your problems do message me message your instructor everyone is always so much more happy to help than you kind of think that they might be um in terms of the problem then so a horse that takes the contact or doesn't take the contact can be so hard and so frustrating because it can feel like you're just getting nowhere or you feel you get it and then it goes and it can just be so frustrating to me because it just feels so fragile and so like you have to be so careful about it so let's break it down then so I always 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 get their back teeth and saddle checked if there are any contact issues at all and I know a lot of people who have had a lot of success with kind of bit specialists so you can always get one of those in and if it's going to help you be a little bit more confident that you have a bit that your horse actually finds comfortable in their mouths. I think every horse is so different and some have big tongues, some need a little bit of pole pressure, some absolutely hate the concept of pole pressure, some love a lozenge, some love a single joint, some work better with a loose ring, some with a fixed ring and all these bits have their place it's just about finding the one that works best for you and your horse. And I think there are so many bits out there that it can seem a little bit like a minefield, but you can play around until you find one that works best, or you can get a bit specialist out to get that kind of sorted if kind of time is on your hands and you want to be a little bit quicker about it and you don't mind spending that money, then that is definitely an option too. But make sure you pick one that comes kind of recommended. I think like with everything they're a bit specialists and they're a bit specialists and there are big differences between them so make sure you kind of do your research on that too when it comes to the contact I think it's really important to understand and know what you are actually riding for what you're aiming for especially with a horse that struggles to take the contact you need to be consistent in what you're actually asking them to do asking sometimes for really strong contact and then sometimes for a slightly lighter contact is always going to end up with an inconsistent contact because the expectations of what you want is inconsistent. So you are looking for a contact that feels like a light pressure in your hand or the horse ever so slightly pulling the rein out of your hand. This is the feeling that people talk about when they say they want the horse to take the bit out and push into the contact. You should always have like a consistent tension on the rein. And I think the difficult bit about all of this is finding the balance. You don't want the contact to be too strong, but you also don't want it to be too light. And I think because of that, it's really easy to obsess and worry over the contact, especially when you feel it is causing problems in other areas of your training, like how you say it's making it difficult to teach the half passes. But I think it's really important to mention as well that a contact, even in a horse that has a really good contact, is constantly changing. So if a horse becomes unbalanced, the contact's going to change. If they sit more on the hind leg, the contact's obviously going to lighten as they start to carry themselves a bit more. If they're on the forehand, it's going to get stronger. So the contact is something that is so easy to obsess over it's very easy to end up in a spiral where you're changing the bit every day and you're using a different training method to try to get it better and you're going to always look at the contact 
and then nothing else, which obviously isn't going to be beneficial. But then at the same time, you don't want to ignore it because it will always come back and keep biting you in the bum. Everything in dressage is about that kind of balance. You don't want to be too extreme either way. You need the ability to be able to go both sides, but mostly it's about finding that middle ground. So I think what she said about her hands, I think, are really important. Actually, to be fair, they're probably super important. Our hands reflect our horse's mouth. So if you want your horse to be still, soft, consistent in the contact, then your hands need to be still, soft and consistent. A great image someone gave me once is that when a horse struggles with the contact, you want to imagine your hands are like a really strong fence that they can lean into. Anyone is going to naturally lean on a fence that looks strong and supportive and secure. You're not going to choose to support yourself against a fence that is wobbly and looks like it's going to fall over if you put any weight against it. So if your hands are wobbly, your horse is going to be getting random pulls every now and then. And so your hands are basically being that insecure wobbly post that your horse isn't going to want to lean into because it's not going to support them. It's going to be dropping them and then pulling them and then dropping them again. So the key thing here is that you need to find a way to make your hands more still and more supportive. I am a massive advocate for lunge lessons. When I had a horse that was really difficult in the contact, um, he was quite safe. So my instructor was able to put me on the lunge and literally took away my reins. And so because of that, I couldn't rely on the reins to balance myself and I had to learn to balance off my seat. Another good way is if you feel like you can't take your reins away and go on a lunge is to place a whip underneath your thumbs when you ride. And this is going to help to show you when your hands aren't still. Mostly with this, it's about picking up habits and as much as possible, correcting and reminding yourself as much as you can. Habits I always feel like are those really annoying things that they only go away with focus and attention. And as soon as you start focusing on something else, it always creeps back in again. But I think once you are, once you are sure that the bit, the saddle, the back, the teeth are all covered and you're certain that your hands are still and good and that you can then end up looking at the training. Now the theory side of it, is covered in the scales of training and if you're not sure what these are I do have a whole podcast on it so I'll put a link um, in the description below. The contact though is the third scale so before it comes rhythm and suppleness and this basically means that without a horse going in a forward balanced rhythm and without that horse being supple over their backs a contact will never happen. So the key is to work on the suppleness, the forward rhythm and the balance to help with the contact. And I think the biggest thing I ever learnt with horses that struggle to take the contact is to never follow the horse, but to encourage the horse to follow you. So, for example, if the horse shortens their neck and comes off the contact, the worst thing that you can do is shorten your reins and that is what everybody seems to naturally do but all that does is get you into a hole of following your horse's cues 
they end up training you what to do rather than you training them. The horse then ends up with no understanding of actually where you want them to be and what contact you actually want. So instead, every time you feel the horse's neck tighten and that rein gets really loose, don't shorten your reins. Instead, keep your hands still and use your calf to push that neck out and that mouth back into the bit. Almost imagine it's like squeezing toothpaste out of a tube and it all coming out the front end. That's what you're trying to achieve. Doing it like this clearly then shows where you want your horse to be. And with repetition, it then results in a horse that understands that you want that neck out with their mouth taking the bit and pushing forward. This is a bit of a twofold method as well, because by putting your calf on, you also end up pushing the horse more forward, helping them to be more balanced and working more over their backs, which then helps them push into that contact even more because we're ticking that rhythm box and we're ticking that suppleness box. So if Jane came to me for a lesson, I would work on that. But I would also go back to the basics and look at starting from the beginning. So seeing if she can get her horse to take the contact firstly on straight lines, then moving to circles, then you can move to transitions, then you can look at the natural work and then you can look at the collection. And then you progress through like that. And it might be that she goes through that whole process in one lesson Or it might be that it takes a few days or a few weeks. And that would totally depend on the extent of the issue. But you've got to think that contact is that third scale of training. It comes really early on. And that is because it is something that affects all those other scales. But also means if you don't have it consistent and secure, it's going to make your life so much more difficult when trying to get the other scales. So if you don't have a contact... Your horse isn't going to be connected enough to be able to do a good quality collected paces. Those transitions downwards are going to end up with your horse sucking back. So you're going to lose the impulsion. There's no effect of the horse working over their back. So you're not going to have the suppleness. And it all ends up like that. But I think, especially as Jane says that she's got to elementary, getting away with it, as she puts it, It sounds like that she's found ways to manage it and cover it up, which, don't get me wrong, is a great skill to have, but it can also be really dangerous because we never end up fixing the problem and there is always a point where you just can't get away with covering it up anymore, which it sounds like is the position that she's kind of in now. So if you're struggling with this problem, get the back, get the teeth, get the saddle checked like Jane's already done. Make sure your bit suits your horse's mouth confirmation and that they are happy in it. Check in that your hands are soft, still and consistently supportive. And then move to improving the suppleness and forward balanced rhythm. Once you start working on this, you will find that the improvements start to happen. And it's not going to happen overnight, especially if this is a problem that you've had for quite a while. But the more you keep chipping away with the same method, remaining consistent and always correcting every time your horse comes off the contact, the consistency will start to come. 
So I think that's kind of everything that I wanted to cover with that one. So I think we can probably move on to the next question. So this lady wants to remain anonymous, which is absolutely fine. And if you want to do the same when you send in your questions, then just add it at the bottom um, that you don't want your name to be read out. And I'll make sure that I don't say it. But she has said, hi, Jess, love your new idea for the podcast and thought I would add my own problem into the mix. My horse is a lazy sod (laughs) and always goes around really slowly and on the forehand. He is so strong in the contact and I feel like I am constantly having to hold him up. My arms absolutely ache from riding. I know I need to work on getting him forward, but for now I just need the contact to improve first. I've tried a stronger bit. I started with a stronger snaffle and then tried a pelham, which worked really well for a bit, but then he ended up leaning on that too. My instructor has said that I just, in her words, need to suck it up and get strong enough to hold him up. I just feel so physically tired after a session and when I compete, it doesn't look like anyone else works as hard as I do. We'd love your advice on whether I do just need to get stronger or if there is anything I can do to make my life easier. I'm really getting to the stage now where I'm not enjoying my training. Oh no. This is... I don't like this because I feel like it's. it sounds like it's got to a stage where you've not ne- not necessarily given up, but are at a bit of a loss as of what to do. And I think so many people are in and can be in this situation. I've been in it too, where you just feel like there's nothing else you can do. But I kind of disagree with where your instructor's coming from, because I don't know this... I don't know the rider or the horse and I've never seen them in training. So it's difficult to make an assessment just based off of message. But I would say if your horse is leaning to the point where it physically hurts, then this is definitely something that you need to address in your training and not just put up with it. It shouldn't be that you're doing more than your horse. The whole point of dressage is that it's meant to look harmonious and like the horse is moving with these subtle cues from the rider and this can't happen if you're having to carry your horse with your legs and carry your horse with your rein but it's also not fun and it's not great to be leaving a training session feeling like your arms have been pulled out of their sockets but having said that I do kind of just want to say that there are different opinions and different ideas of what that perfect contact should feel like And I obviously don't know the whole picture, but I personally, if this lady came to me for a lesson and said that and felt that way, I would 100% be looking at improving the contact. Even if just to make her feel like she's able to influence the horse a little bit more. So let's discuss the bitting part first, because I think that's a really important point she made. And that was that she put the stronger bit in, it worked for a bit, and then the horse started leaning again. She then put the horse in the pelham. It worked for a bit. And then it started leaning again. And firstly, this for me rings massive alarm bells that that's a training issue at work here. I think a lot of people think putting a stronger bit in is going to fix all their problems. But unless there is a safety reason, like you can't stop your horse. Although, to be honest, I'd say that's a training issue too. But you should be able to ride in a snaffle 
or at least a basic bit. And there is still a huge multitude of different types of snaffles and basic bits that are BD legal. And that's always a good thing to check if you're thinking of doing dressage. But obviously make sure the horse is comfortable in the bit. But I never recommend going for a pelham or anything like that because it doesn't fix the problem, firstly. And secondly, you can't compete in it anyway, so what's the point? But again, though I always say, get that back, saddle, teeth, all checked out. It just sets that, just kind of gets the that base covered and make sure your horse isn't uncomfortable or in any pain. And sometimes it can be that you change the saddle or you, I don't know, get a bit specialist out and swap the bit to one they're more comfortable in or fix a back tension or stiffness and the problem goes away. So yes, back saddle, teeth, check, definitely first thing every time. Then we can move on to the hands. So again, hands are a key part of any contact. And when it comes to a horse that is too strong, it's a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I always say a horse only pulls as much as the rider pulls back. So you never see a horse pull the rider over the front end and onto the floor. The rider always braces and pulls back against the horse. And it's only natural from here that the horse takes the easiest possible route, which is to lean and be held up and supported by the rider. So going back to the gait analogy that we spoke about before, we're going to look at that in a different way. We want the horse to sit and balance by themselves without using the rider's hand to hold themselves up. So we need to make our hands more like that wonky fence that's going to fall down if we lean against it. You're not going to want to lean against that fence in case it falls down and you fall over. And it's the same thing for the horse. You want to say to your horse, don't lean against me because I'm not going to be here to hold you up and I could drop you at any point and you could fall on your face. So in practical terms, this means adding in lots of give and retakes and lots of pats and riding with those soft forward hands. And then when your horse does lean, do a give and retake and try your very best to not pull back. Again, if you pull back, your horse in is basically just training you to hold him up. And what we need to do is the reverse. We need to train our horses to hold themselves up. So from a training perspective then, a good contact we already spoke about, that, that third scale of training, and comes from a forward balanced rhythm with the horse being supple and working over their backs. But it's also about where the horse is carrying their weight. If they carry their weight too much on the hind end, it results in a contact that's going to be too light with a horse that doesn't actually want to push forward into the bit. If the weight, though, is more on the forehand, then the horse is going to be unbalanced and could rush and they're going to be too strong because they're basically pushing all their weight down into the floor. So if your horse is too strong, we need to teach him to carry more weight behind Now, this lady's already said that he's lazy and he's on the forehand. So this is a bit of a kind of alarm bell to say that this is the way to go. Lots of transitions, and I mean lots, like 50 to 200 in one training session. 
and you can do walk trot, trot walk, trot canter, canter trot, but also playing with the transitions within the paces. So changing the tempo so you can bring the trot back and push it forward, really thinking about that reaction to the leg. Be careful that you don't pull back in those downwards transitions to hold him back. And also that you don't hold him back in the forward transitions. Instead, really focus on keeping your hands forward and really soft. Also, really think about the reaction off your leg. So it's got to be one kick. If he doesn't go forward, you're going to do like one big correction kick and that's it. Don't let him goad you into kicking three, four, five, six, seven times to get one trot transition. Because let's say you kick, say, five times and then he goes up into trot. What you've taught him is ignore my first four kicks and listen to my last. Man, that's a really dangerous road to go down because the number of kicks they end up ignoring is just going to get bigger and bigger. These transitions, though, are going to get him sitting on his bum, being balanced on his hind leg and more active in those hind legs too, which is going to take the weight off the forehand onto the hind end. And then with the help of those new soft hands, the pats and the given retakes, we're going to encourage him to hold and balance himself without ending up relying on the rider. So if she ended up coming for a lesson with me, I would say... Again, back, teeth, saddle, bit, all checked out first. Then we take a look at the hands, making sure that they're soft and forward and that she's not relying on her reins to hold herself up and balance herself. Adding in then those give and retakes and those pats and then also looking at those transitions, which is going to kill two birds with one stone here because we're going to get in more in front of the leg and sitting on that bum and carrying himself. I really hope that that has helped and that I really hope that this lady is going to be able to improve the contact with that help as I really feel like it's so easy to get frustrated especially when you're coming out of the arena that exhausted and that tired after a training session it's not meant to be like that it's meant to be fun it's not necessarily meant to be easy the whole time but you shouldn't be feeling exhausted every single time okay I think we are ready. Let's move on to the last one. Okay, so the last one we have then is from a lovely lady called Beatrice. And she says, <laughs> I need help with about 15 exclamation marks after it. I love the drama. Um, it says, I've owned my horse for six months. He was working at advanced medium in a double when I went to try him. And I did see his tongue come out once, but thought nothing of it. Now he sticks his tongue out every time he gets. I know that I need to be competing in a double to make the transition up to PSG, so I really need to fix this tongue issue. And I'm reluctant to take him back to the snaffle because I know I will eventually have to get him back in the double. I contacted the people I bought him from and they really kindly sent me the bits that they rode in. He definitely feels much happier, but now it seems every time I ask for anything difficult, especially in the canterpurettes and half passes, he pushes his tongue out usually away from the direction of bend. He has recently now started dropping behind my leg about the same time as he sticks his tongue out, so the problem is definitely getting worse. I have had his back teeth and saddle all checked and they are all fine, so I know it is a training issue that I need to work through. Please help. And again, lots of exclamation marks on the end. Love it. So, oh, 
tongue. Always a tricky one. And I've definitely had a few that I've competed with that have come to me with tongue issues. And one that I actually trained myself who ended up developing a tongue issue. Um, and I think it's really good that she's done that first step of getting the back teeth saddle checked, which is great. And so that base is kind of covered and we know the horse is um, comfortable in those areas. The most difficult part of a tongue issue is working out why it's happening. The most common one I've come across after you've got the back teeth and saddle checked is the bit. Now, whether that's because they're putting too much pressure on the tongue or it's too small or it doesn't give the tongue enough space or alternatively, it gives the tongue too much space. I've had a lot of times when the horse is just sticking the tongue out to get away from the pressure normally because the bit isn't allowing enough space for the tongue to actually stay in the mouth. Again, it's a bit of a play around and see what works. One horse, I put in a single joint snaffle and that worked really well. Another, I actually ended up um, the other way and he had a lozenge snaffle um, that he then ended up playing with instead of sticking his tongue out. Again, it's about playing a noseband pressure and noseband type are again two things you can play around with. It just depends on the horse. I've had some that love the drop noseband, some that love just a plain caverson and some that works better with the flash. One thing I would say I feel like it's quite obvious, but the answer is never to clamp their mouth shut. You're going to end up with that tension coming through in another way if they can't actually just open their mouths. And it's also just not a very nice, humane way of dealing with the problem. Well, you're not actually dealing with the problem. You're just covering it up. But secure noseband, not a problem. It's just about trying what works and trying to get the horse as happy and comfortable as possible. Again, a bit specialist can be really helpful with this, but just pick wisely. Also, it's worth mentioning that you can ride in a snaffle now up to Grand Prix in BD competitions. So definitely always suggest snaffle first. See if, see if you still have the problems. If you don't, happy days. If you do, you can then go down the route of fixing one bit first rather than trying to have to play around with the probability of getting two bits right. Just makes it a little bit easier if you just focus on the snaffle first. By the sounds of what you've said... I would guess he was uncomfortable in the previous bits that you had him in and it's now just become a habit even though he's now in bits he's more comfortable in. I would maybe say if you could, if it sounds like the owners were really nice about it or the previous owners were really happy to discuss it. So you can maybe ask if they've had issues before. Obviously you don't know if they'll be telling the truth and that's kind of your own judgment to make but it might help you work out whether this was a new problem or if it's an old habit that you're going to have to try and correct. Either way, though, I do always think the best thing to do is go right back to basics. Start again in terms of the bits. Start in a basic snaffle with a plain caverson. See what you've got and go from there. It could also be that he's maybe struggling behind. Especially if you're finding it's happening more in the canterpurettes and he's starting to go behind your leg. Maybe have a think about what those hind legs are feeling like. Whether you feel they've gone downhill a bit everyone has kind of different opinions on this but especially if he's an older horse might be that he might need his joints medicating um but that's definitely something that you can obviously talk to your vet about if um you're thinking of going down that route but I think the tongue thing is always a really difficult one but once you've worked out the cause it's much easier to then fix I've never 
I've never known a horse personally that has stuck his tongue out for no reason. That's always been they're uncomfortable in the back or the saddle doesn't fit or they're not comfortable with the bits or there's something going on behind that's just not quite right. But I do know people who have said that their horses do it for no reason. But then obviously you never know, do you? It's one of those things that if a horse could talk, it would make life so much easier. But yeah, I think right back to basics work with that just in a snaffle in a plain canvaster and then just go from there and try some different things it's it's a really difficult one and I had a horse once that would only do it in a test um when it when the tension came in so depending on what your horse is like maybe have a think about if they are tense in any other areas of their body um and maybe about why that's happening too um but it is definitely on a case-by-case basis when it comes to the tongue um coming out or the tongue going over the top um that's another point if they're trying to get their tongue over some everyone always says up the bits higher but then the issue with that is that it makes it more difficult for them to get their tongue back under again um and it might be that dropping them actually makes them more comfortable so it's playing around and i think this is where a bit specialist can be really helpful because they'll be able to tell you what's comfortable in the horse's mouth and especially if you're in a double that just ends up with so much more in the horse's mouth and if that horse is small has a small mouth or a big tongue that's a lot of metal in there to be dealing with so yeah definitely check back neck saddle bit teeth hind end get like an mot done because as soon as that tongue comes out in a test, it like the marks just go crashing down. So it's definitely something to go back to basics on, work your way through and think about what the contact is feeling like when it happens. So does he come behind the contact and then get his tongue over, in which case you can work on keeping him into the contact? Or does he, like you said, he falls behind the leg, but is that happening before or after? Because if he falls behind your leg before keeping him in front of the leg is going to stop that from happening. So it's just about knowing the horse, trying to pick up their cues and what they're saying, and then you can kind of start to work out what the cause is. I really hope that you enjoyed this first episode of our new series of troubleshooting, problem solving. And if you have any questions at all, literally anything at all, then you can send them in either through our social media pages or by emailing info at decomplicatingdressage.com. Thank you so much to the people that have sent in stuff already. Um, We've got loads of different topics that we could potentially cover. Um, So yeah, make sure you share this, make sure you let me know what you think of it, and I will see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 